I'm Simon Dirango. I'm from Kenya Medical Research Institute in Kilifi in Kenya and I'm going to talk about measurement of drug levels in clinical trials. So in some clinical trials they include a pharmacological component that is where a drug is given and then we need to measure drug levels. And the measurement of drug levels is always important and this is either done in, uh, is done in biological matrices it can be whole blood, serum or plasma. And when you are taking samples for such measurements, it is important to ensure that, uh, first of all, that the correct dose of the drug is given, the samples are taken at the right time, and samples are collected in appropriate tubes. And also, it is important to make sure that after collections, immediately after collection, they are stored at the right temperature, either in the fridge or in the freezer. You also have to be sure that the method which you require for measuring these drug levels is also available uh, before you start the study. So you need to talk to the people who, uh, who can help you in that. Uh, I want to talk about a bit of uh, uh, two concepts which are important when you do clinical trials involving drugs. The first one is pharmacokinetics and the other one is pharmacodynamics. Pharmacokinetics uh, involves the study of the, uh, what the, do the body does to the drug. Once you take a drug, what happens to the drug in the body? And there are three processes uh, which are important. The first one is absorption. And all you need to know here is that uh, the question we are addressing is, is the drug getting into the body after you take it? The second one is distribution. Once the drug is in the body, it goes to other parts of the body after you've taken it. So uh, we have to know where it is going. The third met, uh, mechanism is metabolism and elimination. And once you take a drug, the drug, the body treats the drug as a poison, so it finds a way of getting the drug out of the body. So those, uh, me uh, those three mechanisms are important to consider when you take a blood sample. The other concept is pharmacodynamics. I'm not going in, into details in this. All it means is that uh, once the drug is in the body, what is it doing? Uh, you take a drug to have some uh, effect in the body, let's say to treat some disease and so on. So uh, that effect can be either efficacy, that means the drug is effective in uh, treating your disease. You can also have uh, toxicity, so uh, that's also associated with the drug. So a drug can be either good or bad, and most drugs have both effects. And also you can have other side effects which are associated with the uh, drugs such as you might uh, have uh, rashes, itching and so on. So uh, why is it important to measure drug levels? The first thing is that uh, in some clinical trials uh, they involve uh, drug development. So early in the clinical trial you actually have to find out the, uh, whether you are getting the right dose and whether the dose that is uh, suggested for use in humans is going to result in uh, uh, adequate concentrations in the body. So we need to measure that. In other cases, other clinical trials, the drug is already being used in humans, but you want to know whether, uh, if you are using it in children, whether the dose which is recommended is appropriate for that uh, uh, special group. Other special groups include pregnant women, you may also have uh, patients who have uh, malnourishment in some resource poor settings. So, and you may have fathers who have, father, uh, who have 
uh, several other uh, comorbidities, other infections other than just uh, the disease that you are in interested in. So all these factors uh, interact to give some uh, effects of the drug. So you really have to know whether there is any change in the concentration. And once you measure the drug concentration in the body, it is going to help you to optimize the dose make sure, uh, to ensure that the dose you are giving is appropriate for that population or for that person. And you also establish the therapeutic range, the concentration, uh, concentration of the drug which is effective and which is not too much or too low uh, uh, for that patient. So those two factors are going to be important. Uh, the other thing is that uh, in some cases there are serious consequences if there's overdosing, especially if you are giving a drug uh, through the intravenous route, or in some other cases you might underdose the patient so the patient doesn't get any benefit because the drug was too, uh, uh, too retro. Some drugs have uh, what is known as a nanotherapeutic or toxic index. That means the difference between the concentration which is effective and that is which is toxic is very narrow. So for these drugs you need to measure the levels in the body to ensure that uh, you can monitor uh, whether that patient is having the right concentrations. Uh, in some other cases there is altered physiology, especially in pregnant women or uh, patients who are very uh, sick. So in these cases, the way they had handled the drug in the body may not be the same as that in healthy adults or uh, other populations. So in this group, you also need to do uh, measurements to ensure that uh, the dose you are giving is adequate, is not having uh, serious side effects. And in other cases, in most cases, uh, when a patient is sick, they are treated with very many drugs at the same time. You may be having severe malnutrition, you are malnourished. At the same time, you have bacterial infections, so you need to be given drugs for treating the bacterial infections. And you may also have a high fever, you are given paracetamol or aspirin to reduce the fever. So there might be drug-drug interactions. And in, in all these are going to affect how the body handles your drug. The other thing is that uh, some patients, especially those who are given drugs to go and take at home, may not take the complete dose. They may miss some of the doses and skip them. And uh, it is important to measure the drug levels and see whether uh, they have adequate concentrations. Because in some cases, uh, you find that uh, those people who are on long-term medication like epilepsy or HIV AIDS, they have to take drugs every single day for the rest of their life. So at times they get uh, fatigued by the drugs and, and sometimes they don't take all the drugs. And that can lead to inadequate concentrations. So uh, once you measure those, uh, the levels in these patients, you can be able to know whether they are taking their drugs appropriately. Uh, some of the drugs which are usually monitored uh, are confessions or antipyretic drugs. These are drugs which are used for treating seizures or confessions. Others are antibiotics such as gentamicin and ciprofloxacin. We also have anti-cancer drugs. Anti-cancer drugs are very toxic. So it is important to, uh, to know that the dose that is used in a certain patient is not uh, uh, too toxic. And recently, there's a lot of work which is going on on antiretroviral drugs. These are drugs which are given to treat HIV AIDS. And 
they are usually given not just one drug, several of them. In some patients who are, they might be taking three or four more, dr or more drugs and very many pills at the time. So uh, those are some of the patients who may not uh, comply with the treatment regimen and we need to check to ensure that they are take, get, taking the drugs in the right way and the concentrations they get in the body are adequate. Otherwise, we are going to end up with multi-drug resistance, which is very serious, especially for HIV AIDS. Uh, why should we measure drug levels? Uh, in some cases, we have said, as I've just said, uh, if a drug has a narrow therapeutic index or age, in some other dr uh, cases, if you give a certain dose of a drug, there's no, uh, there's no, uh, no good relationship between the drug, uh, do the dose of drug given, and the plasma, plasma concentration which is obtained. In some other cases, there's a good relation be relationship between the plasma concentration and the therapeutic or toxic effects. So uh, you need to establish which, which one of these categories you are dealing with. In some other cases, the drug shows uh, what is known as nonlinear pharmacokinetics. That means is if you double the dose, it doesn't mean the concentration in the body is going to, to increase uh, 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 by two. And this is because uh, there's what is known as saturation of the enzymes which uh, handle the drug. And a good case is phenytoin, which is uh, an anticonversant. Uh, in some other cases, it is very difficult to interpret the signs and symptoms of toxicity once the patient has taken the drug or therapeutic failure and evaluating uh, therapeutic responses. So you need to do uh, to measure drug levels in this uh, group of patients. And what methods do we use for measuring uh, drug levels? There are several methods, but uh, uh, some of them are... Uh, are not very uh, specific. This include ELISA, these are bioassays. We also have radio immunoassay and fluorescence polarization uh, immunoassays. Some of these are very, uh, they have advantages in that you can do them very rapidly like uh, FBIA. Uh, but uh, the most popular methods which are commonly used include uh, chromatography, high performance liquid chromatography, because you can be able to do a lot of drugs. Most of the drugs are stable at room temperature and in the matrices, and you can be able to use uh, chromatography. And more recently, mass spectrometry, spectrometry is now the gold standard. In uh, developed countries, it is available. Uh, it is very high sensitive and selective. The only disadvantage is that it requires highly trained personnel and is very expensive to buy and also to maintain in these poor countries. So that is not one of the options that we use. So uh, when you want to measure drug levels, you need to consider as, uh, the cost that it is going to incur because everything costs money. And there are several categories of costs which you need to consider here. The first is e economic consideration. You need to have a laboratory to be able to do your analysis. Once you have the laboratory, you need the equipment, the lab equipment. You need to buy the equipment, maintains the equip, uh, maintain the equipment, and also that equipment is going to age with the time. So you have to factor in all those costs. The other thing you need to do is uh, you need to buy laboratory reagents, 
and these are high purity solvents and also analytical standards. You also need to train people to help you. And after that, you may uh, consider uh, charging a user fee to recover the cost because it's going to be expensive. So people whom you are doing the assets for, they have to pay uh, for that. And uh, the other factors you need to consider uh, once you are doing a clinical, clinical trial, how many drugs are you going to monitor? Is it the parent drug and the metabolite or just metabolite? And how many patients per sample do you need to take? And how much blood? Because of ethical issues, you need to minim to make sure that the sample is kept uh, to the minimum. And uh, where are you going to do the analysis? In these poor countries, you may not have the lab. You might have to go to another collaborating institu in institution in a developed country. So you have to consider that. And other factors which you need to co uh, consider when measuring drug levels, uh, these are those which are related to administration of the drug, pharmacokinetic principles, whether uh, the drug is absorbed properly, distribution and metabolism, and other uh, analysis uh, factors. Uh, factors that may affect the, the concentration of uh, drug that is measured and how it is interpreted, it, this include disease states, malnutrition, renal failure, hepatic uh, problems, and also cardiac problems. Also habits, uh, people's habits like diet, smoking, and alcohol, those may, inter may interfere with the drug metabolism. Uh, women who are pregnant, they may not handle the drug like others uh, because they are physiological changes. And other patients don't take the drugs. Then you may have drug-drug interactions. Then uh, some uh, drugs are also highly bound by protein. And uh, others are poorly bioavailable. That means if we give them orally, very little of the drug goes into the body and how the samples are taken for uh, measuring the, the concentration. Factors that, uh, that are important, they include drug ad administration and blood sampling. Sometimes the wrong dose may be given or the dose is skipped. The patient doesn't uh, take the dose because the, the patient was undergoing a procedure or the nurse forgot to, uh, to give the drug because maybe they were uh, doing something else. Then the dose is given at the wrong time. Some drugs you need to give them, let's say, twice a day or three times a day. In some cases, it might be just given once. And in other cases, the dose is given at the right time, but the sample is not taken at the correct time. Then drugs which are given through infusion, sometimes the rate is given is too fast or too slow. And in infusion, sometimes it's uh, stopped because uh, the, uh, another procedure needs to be uh, done or the, uh, the nurse is giving another drug through the same uh, line that uh, they should have taken the uh, drug. And sometimes the, dr the sample is taken from the same vein uh, where the drug is also given. And this is especially for drugs which are given intravenously. So in this case, you need to uh, fix two IV lines, one for drug uh, administration, the other one for taking the sample. Other factors uh, that may affect pharmacokinetics, these include appropriate uh, weight, especially people who are uh, obese or who have uh, uh, lost some weight. Then uh, sometimes the, there might be changes in the liver and the kidney. Other changes might uh, occur because the percent of dr drug which is bound changes because you have uh, uh, the plasma proteins they changed. And then the 
enzymes that are handling the metabolism may, uh, may change. The other factor which you need to consider is, uh, uh, the, is to do with the laboratory where the drug assays are being done. Sometimes the assay is not the correct one. Sometimes uh, once the assay is done, while transferring data or entering data from the lab book, then uh, mistakes are made. Or the, some, the data is entered in the wrong way. Let's say you had samples where uh, a sample was taken at one hour, another one at uh, four hours. You need to enter the data in the right order uh, according to how samples were taken. Then uh, sometimes it is the active metabolite which is, uh, uh, which is required but was not measured. Then there are interferences with the assay by other drugs or endogenous uh, substances. Or the wrong specimens was taken. That means you should have taken serum, but uh, you end up t uh, bringing a, a blood sample to the lab or urine sample. Those are the wrong ones, so you have to be clear. Then what happens is that in some cases, even when the drug is already being used in the market, you might want to do what is known as therapeutic drug monitoring. And the reason here is uh, important uh, because sometimes you want to be sure that the drug concentrations, they correlate with clinical response. And this is important, especially for antiretrovirals. In some cases, there's a lot of variability in the, uh, uh, between uh, patients or individuals in how they handle the drug. Then you can use the therapeutic drug monitoring for managing drug-drug interactions. And also, therapeutic drug monitoring, they show that uh, the patient is not adhering to treatment. And finally, therapeutic drug monitoring is a tool for managing concentration-related toxicities. So you take a sample, you measure. If the levels are too high, you can reduce the dose in time. But there are many challenges that are faced when you are measuring drug levels, especially in clinical trials. Sometimes the people who are setting up the trial, uh, the trial do not understand the principles of pharmacokinetics. So they take the wrong samples, and they take them at the wrong time, then at other times, once the sample is taken, it is stored at the wrong uh, uh, temperature. So the drug ends up degrading. Sometimes there is no history on what else the patient was taking, which other drugs the patient was taking, so that we can be able to, to, uh, to, uh, we can be able to know whether there was any interactions or possible interactions. And then failure by the investigator to consult an expert, usually a pharmacologist, when deciding the study. So you may end up having the samples, but uh, all of them are not going to be useful.